As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. When I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Listening to KLRN Radio, where liberty and reason still reign. Hi, I'm Jay Farner, CEO of Quicken Loans, America's largest mortgage lender. Spring will be here soon, so if buying a new home is on your to-do list, right now is the time to call Quicken Loans. Learn about which mortgage options make sense for you and get a jump on your competition. With our exclusive Rate Shield approval, the low rate you lock today is protected for up to 90 days while you shop for your new home. With a Rate Shield approval, if rates go up, your low rate stays locked. But if rates go down, you get that new, even lower rate. Either way, you win. Talk to us today at 800-QUICKEN or go to rocketmortgage.com to take advantage. Here's another great reason to work with us. For a record nine years in a row, J.D. Power has ranked Quicken Loans highest in the nation in customer satisfaction for primary mortgage origination. Again, to lock in today's low mortgage interest rate and get the security of our exclusive rate shield approval, call us today at 800-QUICKEN or go to rocketmortgage.com. For J.D. Power award information, visit jdpower.com. Rate shield approval only valid on certain 30-year fixed rate loans. Offer cost information and conditions. Equal housing lender. License in all 50 states. NMLS number 3030. Hi, welcome to this Subway ad for the new Sesame Ginger Glaze Chicken Signature Wrap. How would you like it? I'll take a... Sports announcer at home? Yeah, how'd you... We just know. My wife picks up the new Signature Wrap. It's got double the rotisserie-style chicken mixed with a Sesame Ginger Glaze. She appears annoyed at me, but she shrugs it off. Those sweet and savory flavors are calling her name. She lifts the wrap and... She takes the bite! Incredible! And now she's closing the door on my... Subway, make it what you want. Limited time only at participating restaurants. Double meat based on average six-inch sub. I'm little too short, short and stout. Here is my handle and here is my spout. No laugh, like this. When I get all steamed up, then I shout. <laughs> Lean over and pull me <laughs> This is WWE superstar Roman Reigns. It only takes a moment to make a moment. Take time to be a dad today. Visit fatherhood.gov. Brought to you by the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services and the Ad Council. KLRN Radio has advertising rates available. We have rates to fit almost any budget. Contact us at advertising at klrnradio.com. 
Hello, 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 folks. Welcome to another bleeping podcast. Uh, this is uh, Deebs, and I'm uh, with, uh, of course, uh, my cohort, my uh, partner in crime here, Aurora96. You know her better as Dawn. Dawn, how are you tonight? I am great. How are you? I'm doing just fine. Doing great. We are excited uh, tonight. We've got uh, we've got a great guest. Um, he's coming in here in just a couple of minutes. It's of course uh, John Gabriel. You know him as X John. You know him as uh, the Ricochet editor in chief. You know him as uh, the guy with the snark, the wit, and of course the coffee ma- mug, which is always hiding that really good beard. The cat's got a good beard, man. I'm telling you, my wife has been talking about the fact that, oh, you've got John Gabriel coming on. Why can't your beard do what his beard does? You know, I'm going to be honest with you here. I mean, and, and, and it looks, I mean, first of all, uh, super excited, right? I mean, Don, we've, you've, you've followed him forever probably, right? I have followed him forever. I feel like he might be one of the first people that I really found on Twitter that, that I checked in on regularly. And I really enjoyed his work. And, and then once he started the Conservatarians podcast with Stephen Miller, no, mm-hmm. the other Stephen Miller, Oh, the other other not, Stephen, not that Miller. Stephen Miller. Okay, yeah, okay, yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah, once he started that podcast, I was definitely a big fan, and I think I've probably heard every single one of those. So I'm pretty excited to be here tonight. Excellent, excellent. Uh, let me uh, let me tell you something that has happened today. Um, my uh, my youngest daughter, uh, she celebrated her, uh, her seventh birthday, uh, and um, so uh, I actually was able to put together, um, a, you know, open up a box here. My wife goes, hey, uh, you know, as she's hanging up everything, decoration stuff, she says, can you help me with something? I'm like, yeah, absolutely, sure, no problem. And then uh, uh, she says, uh, uh, can you open up this box and put this together, like, in the next couple of minutes? And I open it up, and it's a Red Rider wagon. Now, that's not the kind of thing normally on a Thursday afternoon after working a, a full day that you're like, oh, perfect. It's it's a, it's a, it's time to open it up, right? He's trying to put that thing together. Um, but I'm so proud of myself. I, I, I there were uh, no f bombs that were dropped. Uh, there, none I didn't, at all. None, none, absolutely none. none. Um, I also mm-hmm. uh, I didn't lose any uh, pieces. Uh, any of the uh, screws or anything um, had a little bit of an alarm at the very beginning because when I opened everything up, I was looking for a box of screws. Nothing. Apparently, they were already on the pieces. I just had to unscrew them, put them back in. I felt fantastic. I felt like just a, it, was, it, was, it was like putting together a detonator at first. But, um, man, it was just money. Uh, I'll never get back to something like that again uh, and never again. Well, that's pretty great. But I mean, considering you love your job so much and you're like really one of oh, the yes. happiest men in the corporate world, oh, uh, yes. nobody loves your job more than you do. I I don't know how you would have uh, not conquered that immediately and, and been worried about it in the first place. I mean, yeah, if you can I, if you can. Yeah, if you accomplish that job. Then, you know, yeah, it's, it's good. It, gravy it just, from there. It is gravy. It is, it's absolutely gravy. So uh, I'll tell you what, without further ado here, let's go ahead and bring on our guest tonight. Of course, uh, as I said, John Gabriel, ex-John. Uh, John, welcome aboard, sir. How are you? Thanks for ha- doing well. Thanks for having me on. Excellent. Excellent. Hey, hey. I wanted to ask you at the very beginning, and this is, a, this is something where um, we've, we've taken a quick poll this week, and this is the main question people want to know about you. Okay, so I'm going to go ahead and throw this out. Uh, it, it sounds ominous, uh, but but here's here's the thing. Here's the question: um, What is more frustrating for you, ex John, John Gabriel? What's more frustrating for you, the hypocrisy of the left, or when people actually pronounce submariner as submariner? <laughs> I'll 
I'll stick with the hypocrisy of the left. Um, I actually heard both because many people in the uh, submarine community don't want to be called sub-mariner because they're like, we're not less than mariners. We're better mariners. <laughs> so I have actually heard uh, strong arguments on the sub itself, uh, people about it. So I will defer to the people who uh, did that for an entire career and not just one four-year stint like I did. <laughs> yeah, all right. And that's a that's a fair question, I, I, you know, I, or, or a fair answer. I, I was thinking about this, though, too, because whenever I hear uh, Submariner, I think, of course, the old uh, Marvel comic superhero. Yeah. Right. And, and then, uh, you know, who, who's just completely badass. And if he's that badass, there's no chance in hell somebody would actually call him a Submariner. <laughs> right. You know, so I'm always defaulting to the, to the beginning there. So um, so you got a lot going on. You always have a lot going on. Um, as Don was mentioning, uh, the Conservatarians, a podcast that you do with uh, Red Steez or Steve Miller, um, which is just great. I mean, you guys have some great guests on. And what I really like about the podcast is the music selection and also you guys talking about music on that. So you get that that first chunk of the podcast and the episode where, you know, you can you guys get you guys can get pretty meaty into the, in the subjects. But at the end, having the, the, the suggestions and then just saying, what are you guys listening to right now? It's a nice balance. How'd you guys come up with that? Um, really, both of us like weird music that most people don't <laughs> don't like. <laughs> and uh, we just thought it would be different. R really, when we started the podcast and I chatted with Stephen about starting it. Um, right at the start, I said, okay, here's the people I want to not listen to our show and not like us because there are so many political podcasts where you could almost hear the people, old dudes in a conference room in Washington, D.C., taking themselves extremely seriously. Mm -hmm. And uh, Stephen and I do not know how to take ourselves seriously, uh, so – that wasn't going to be what we did. And, mm -hmm. you know, frankly, if somebody's talking about, oh, here's here's our uh, policy for the next two decades in outreach to the Philippines, okay, well, get an expert on, not us. Uh, so we just wanted to kind of keep it loose. And I think part of it, too, is just reminding everybody that there's a heck of a lot more to life than just following the outrage of the hour on Twitter and screaming at people and just understanding, look, there's all these other things. Our things happen to be music. Other people are into movies or comic books or sports or whatever it might be. Um, and just letting people understand that, hey, uh, it, it's okay not to talk politics 24-7. I've actually gotten some interesting uh, left-wing followers on Twitter just by every few nights. I'll just tweet a few songs, and I don't know, there will be some progressive in uh, with the Labor Party in the U.K. saying, look, I hate you and everything you stand for. <laughs> this is a great band. <laughs> so, <laughs> so it's like we can we can unite on that. That's that's great. And, and you know, it also is nice because the, the guests you have on, I know the most recent one, uh, you've got, I think you had um, Kimberly Strasso on with, with her new yeah. book, is, is that, you know, you, you kind of involve them in on, also in that, that same sort of uh, – kind of laid back feel as well right, right you know right. and so that humanizes the guest that makes everything a lot a lot more comfortable and and uh it's it's a it's a great a great podcast so folks if you haven't oh, if you haven't checked it out yet uh you know the conservatarians um definitely check it out uh, you guys are on everything right itunes and uh yeah. podcasts and i almost said CompuServe. do you see how much i almost aged myself <laughs> well, AOL, we're on prodigy 
Any, anyone with a dial-up can listen in. <laughs> that's, right, that's right. Any Archie connection can do, right. do that as well. Here. So, um, now, Don, I know that uh, Don, of course, uh, sometimes runs our, our another uh, bleeping podcast uh, 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 social media account, and she does a great job. Uh, her idea with the coffee mugs, which, of course, has become tied to you on Twitter. Um, I know that you've got a question about that, Don, right? Well, yeah, I just I, I've always thought it was funny and I followed you long enough to know that every time you try to change this avatar, <laughs> everybody goes bananas like the yeah, they get jokes really about not. Yeah, jokes about not recognizing you, but there's like some actual anger. And I think it's interesting. I'd like to tie it in and have you talk a little bit about that. But also, um, you know, are, are you so good at the branding thing or was that accidental because you started out? kind of in a graphic design, uh, branding, marketing kind of field. Was that something that was intentional um, or was it, it was, really just an accident? It was kind of uh, mostly an accident, I think. When I first got on Twitter, I just ran this blog um, as just like something to do on the side. Um, and we started, uh, me and another friend, his name's Exurban Kevin, and that's where the EX and Exdon comes from. We had this little blog now defunct for a decade probably called the Exurban League because we were both uh, dorks living in the exurbs and uh, talking about politics. But um, so I just had the coffee cup up because I wanted to say, hey, I'm a real person, but I also had a full-time job and nobody I worked with was conservative. So <laughs> it's like, ah, I don't want to put my full name out there. Um, and then I ended up doing this for a living, uh, writing, and I was like, okay, I got to put my full name out there. And I put my full picture, and that's the first time people yelled at me. How dare you take away the coffee cup? I even replaced my old picture with a new picture of me with a larger coffee cup. Nope, not good enough. <laughs> to get the old coffee the cup people, so It just became yeah, a thing. People want and what then, they want. Yeah, and then uh, several years ago, uh, someone who was uh, working on a movie set actually was just drinking coffee out of a styrofoam cup. And he goes, you know, it was like freezing my butt off in Toronto hashtag X Johnny and CC'd me. And then that was like late at night. And then I woke up and everybody was doing it and it became a thing. So I was very surprised by that. <laughs> I think what's really great about that as well, John, is that, you know, when, when you're very, you're very quick and very witty with the, with the replies and with folks and even if somebody's trying to troll, which by the way, I'm excited that you get, you sometimes get more exciting trolls. I, I've got the most dull trolls ever on the planet, but you actually get some people that try, try to do something. But when you shoot somebody down, uh, figuratively speaking, right, on Twitter, or when you actually come back and say, well, what about these facts? Let me drop a couple of knowledge bombs on you. Seeing the fact that you're actually, your avatar is just you kind of looking over the coffee cup a little bit is right. pretty much snark prime. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it, it kind of fits, and that's why people get upset if I do change it to my full face or anything else, because they're like, this tweet would be so much better if you were looking smug behind your coffee cup and dismissive of whatever you're commenting on. So um, I think that's kind of worked in my favor somehow. I, I think part of it, too, is like with trolls, um, I used to, you know, years ago, just like eviscerate them and stuff, and then I finally started <laughs> realizing – why do I care? I don't know these people. They don't follow me. They don't know me. No one, you know, what they're saying with five followers, nobody's seeing anyway. So I just started to have fun with them. And 
often being extremely polite to them, and that just makes them angrier than they blocked me. So that's that's a lot more effective than trying to rip them a new one. That's fantastic. That's fantastic. Let me let me ask you a, a question about, um, and this is going to be poli- obviously political, but um, and I know you probably have some a background in this, just a little bit, right? Uh, but I, I'm I'm wondering uh, right now. I'm looking at back just even from when Trump decided that he was going to run for president and everything, and I look back at some of my tweets, I look back at some of the stuff I used to put on other social media and everything and making fun of this and this and this, and the do you feel right now that it's not necessarily that there are a huge number of Trump supporters, but there are a huge number of people that are so – pissed off, for lack of a better term, the mainstream media, and they enjoy the fact that their mainstream media, as well as some of these other so-called establishment people, look like fools sometimes, that they've actually embraced that sort of – I like to refer to it as an agent of chaos because right. of the Trump era that's come in. Or do you really yeah, – I think there's a lot of that. Um, there was actually – I got a follower who started trolling me two days ago, I think, and uh, that was his Twitter bio, Agent of Chaos. And he had a picture uh, from the latest Joker movie. So I think there is a lot of it. And you have this Internet subculture of just for the lulls, you know, the 4chan mm-hmm. and that type where it's just they don't have an ideology or a purpose. They're basically nihilists, um, but they just think it's entertaining. They're bored and they're like, ah, I'm just going to stir somebody up on this issue over here. So it'll be entertaining. So I think there's a lot of people like that that are. Probably, if you quizzed them about any political views, if they had any, they'd be all over the place. They aren't, Mm -hmm. like you're saying, it's not like they're committed conservatives or even committed Trump fans. They're just, hey, let's slap people around, and then I'll (laughs) go to my next class at the community college. That's right. That's right. That's right. So let's talk a little bit about the Packers. Uh, I know I, I was I, I, I mentioned the fact that uh, in one of the tweets tonight that I, I found out you were a Green Bay Packer fan. Um, and I had a question for you. I used to live in Minneapolis years and years ago. But before you say, well, is he a, was he a Vikings fan? No, I, I'm a long suffering Tampa Bay Buccaneer fan like oh, orange pants. Man. Yeah. And, and I, I miss those NFC Central battles between the Packers and the Bucks, I, I miss that uh, so much. But uh, my question to you is there was – when I first started looking at the Packers themselves as not just another team, but as a team that, wow, that there, there's really something about that, that team itself and about that area. Um, I was in a bar in Hudson, Wisconsin, right across the border, um, and uh, there was a place called – it's called Dick's Bar in Hudson. Uh, have you ever been to Hudson? And at Dick's I've Park. never been to Hudson. I've only been to Minneapolis once and uh, Milwaukee a couple times, I believe. Um, the only time I've been to Green Bay, that's the thing. I don't have a physical connection to the place, but I've always been a fan. Uh, my parents are from a place called Sault Ste. Marie, Michigan, in the Upper Peninsula of Michigan. Ah. And up in the UP, everybody's a Packers fan, and they hate everything from Detroit. They're kind of culturally consider themselves a part of Wisconsin in many ways. So my dad's dad was a Packers fan when they started in like 1919, I think. And uh, so he was a fan. They lived there. And then um, my grandfather moved to the Sault Ste. Marie place, was a fan. My dad was a fan. So I was like, I grew up out here. And when I was a little kid, there weren't any Arizona Cardinals. We just had college football. The only pro Mm -hmm. team was the Phoenix Suns. 
So um, I just adopted my dad's team, and that was that. And, boy, I went through a lot of bad years, especially the Tampa Bay versus Green Bay battles twice every year that uh, when both teams were not very good, and Chris Berman on ESPN always called it the Bay of Pigs and would wear an <laughs> orange and green tie. Yeah. It's the ugliest yeah. tie he owned, but he would wear that every time. I remember those games because I, they, he would even say, you know, because it was back when they were at the Big Sombrero. Right. On that stadium. Right. And he would say and, and, and they, they'd actually show like a halftime score and it would literally be like three, three. And yeah. he'd say, I bet you wish you had a ticket to this one. <laughs> I remember yeah, that were, throughout my childhood. They were really bad. And um, but growing up in Phoenix, we didn't have a pro team. Everybody here was either a Cowboys fan or an L.A. Rams fan or something like that. They would always adopt teams from L.A. or Texas since those were the closest two teams. And uh, I, I always like being different, even if my team was not good. And now, now they're great. Yeah, that's excellent. That's excellent. Uh, and Don, you you are a Bears fan because I know you're from uh, well, Illinois. Right? <laughs> yeah, correct. I, well, I like the Bucks. The Bucks are my adopted team, but because I would like to remain friends with John, I won't get too far into the Bears Packers rivalry because that one is that one is deep seated. Yeah, it's I would like rough, to know, though, John, are you isn't it rough? Last game. <laughs> Are you, uh, well, are you a shareholder? Um, no, I'm not a shareholder, but um, I do. I don't talk about this much in public because of the trolls. I don't want to get into any kind of weaknesses that I have that they'll exploit. But my wife is a rabid, and I mean rabid, Vikings fan. So oh, it's boy. a mixed marriage, and uh, it can get a little uh, tricky around here, especially if they both make to the playoffs. I have to, like, hide and stuff to not provoke. <laughs> That's that's a good thing that I don't have to worry about that being a Bucks fan. <laughs> I, I kind of like all the NFC Central, you know, I always call them the Norris division because that's what uh, Chris Berman called it. Oh, yeah. But um, I like all those teams and their fandoms because it's just, you know, I've had so many friends who are fans of all those teams, but it's just the history and uh, everybody makes fun of the Port Lions fans. But it, it's just like a fun group of people who know their football and have fun with it. Absolutely. That's right. Absolutely. And it's it's a it's a friendly place to be anyway. So even the exactly. rivalries and the, the trash talk, it's it's all in good fun. And I've been to Cardinals Raiders games. The Raiders fans were not very polite. So, oh, you know, it's funny you say that I was at a I was actually at a Denver uh, Oakland Raiders game one time before. And that's the only time I've ever seen uh, a 65 year old Raiders fan lady punch a guy right in the little guys. <laughs> like as hard as she could, right? For yeah, time. Broncos have a history too, so that's oh my a, gosh, it's just it's, it's insane. Fun. It's insane. Even the people in Philadelphia at the old people were actually run, like <laughs> right. rolling their eyes, like, "Well, that's just that's some cluth," you know. So, oh my gosh, that's so funny. So uh, now, um, John, of, of some of the other things that you've got going on I, again with the Conservatarians podcast, as well as over at Ricochet itself, here is there anything else from the side of anything you might be working on right now? I know you're a voracious reader. Uh, is yeah. any possible like uh, book selections? Anything um, like? Yeah, I've been I've been on this weird trip for the past probably three years. Uh, my eldest daughter was at a charter school that kind of runs like a prep school, so they were reading all the classics, and I basically slept and you know, read nerd fiction in high school, so I didn't read any good books, or I would just get the cliff notes if they were too long. So I've been going through all these classics lately, and it makes me feel really kind of smug and superior because, of like, oh, I'm so refined. <laughs> but the thing is, you can usually buy them super dirt cheap or even find them free, and uh, 
and they're just uh, pretty crazy because I love history. So I just finished uh, Herodotus's Histories, which was pretty stinking boring, I have to, <laughs> I have to say, except when I got to the cool blood and guts thing. But, um, yeah, so that's the latest thing I've read. I'm trying to – I'm restricting myself. I did so much reading last year that I wasn't getting enough writing done. So um, I am forbidding myself to read books for a month so I can actually put my butt in the chair and write because I'm working on a couple different book ideas right now. So it's just like sit in front of the computer and type for a while. Uh, may we ask, is it anything like nonfiction or fiction or maybe you've got uh, kind of a couple things in kind of in each direction that you're looking at? Yeah, I'm actually both directions, but uh, the main thing I'm looking at is nonfiction, um, and it really, in a way, it's about uh, politics, but it's not political. It's kind of about avoiding the traps of outrage that I see both people falling into, and not because necessarily it's bad for the country, it's bad for the debate, it's because it makes people miserable. And uh, you'll see that with people who go on Twitter just to scream at strangers, uh, they're just making themselves utterly miserable. And again, kind of like with the podcast and talking music, uh, there's more to life than just uh, yelling at people you disagree with. Oh, I like that. I like that. Well, well John, um, one, one, uh, one other thing that I was going to ask you is that uh, when it comes to uh, – we usually ask some of our, our, our guests this as well – is that when it comes to with – with what Twitter has done or what Twitter is to you right now. Um, and I'm certainly, I don't work for Twitter by any means. Um, but what would you probably say the biggest plus is for you for Twitter? And what's your biggest pet peeve? And we need to exclude trolls. Right. From that. Right. I, I think um, the biggest plus is uh, meeting people and really getting into writing full time was a direct result of Twitter. Um, I became friends with Mark and Molly Hemingway, and uh, Molly was an editor at Ricochet, and she's the one who recommended me for the job when she moved on to the Federalist. So um, so that's been very good doing that and uh, just seeing funny people. Um, the people on Twitter tend to be funnier than – if you watch like a late-night comedy show, it's like, no, Twitter's much better than that. <laughs> the, the band thing, I, I think people emotionally invest far too much in it. Um, Especially, you know, when it got a lot nastier, especially come election time, it always gets a little barbed and nastier. If it's making me unpleasant or unhappy, I just turn it off and listen to music or hang out with my kids or read a really, really boring old book and uh, and then lecture people that they should read more so they can be like me. So, <laughs> yeah, but I really think uh, Twitter, everybody rags on it, including me, but um, – it is what you make it, and you can block people. You can mute conversations. You don't need to interact with anyone you don't want to. So um, I just follow people who are smart and funny and entertaining and uh, follow several non-political accounts too for sports or humor or music or whatever. And uh, so it's great, great way to keep up to date. Yeah, and I like what you just said is perfect because if you don't – if you're only following people with the same belief system as you or the same likes and dislikes as you, you're really missing out because this is – the way I like to look at it sometimes is almost like virtual college for people who have not gone to college. Essentially, you know, so, so socially itself here, um, I, I think it helps a lot of people. I think a lot of people come out of their shell on mm -hmm. Twitter, um, and I guess that's both good and bad depending on who yeah. it is, right? So <laughs> – well, John – 
part of it with me, um, when I've met people, like there'll be a conference or something, I'll meet people. A lot of times people have criticized me in person because they're like, oh, I thought you'd be really funny. (laughs) (laughs) When I meet people, I'm a total introvert. I don't, you know, I'm just quiet, keep to myself. And this is everything I put on Twitter is the dumb stuff I'd mutter under my breath, maybe to the friend who was standing next to me to make them laugh. And then I wouldn't get in trouble during an office meeting or something. (laughs) So, um, yeah, I tend to be totally introverted and, uh, yeah, Twitter just lets me say all my my dumb thoughts out loud. Oh, yeah, yeah, you do the you would be doodling in person, but on Twitter you do things like uh, photoshopping Trump Tower on the Greenland. Right. Yeah, that's that's, that's, that's <laughs> I, like the Twitter version of doodling. Right, right. <laughs> oh, that's great. Well, listen, John, um, these these things go by. Don't they go by fast on? They always go by fast. We got a good, uh, we got a good guest and everything. And John, we we can't uh, thank you enough. It is an absolute pleasure having you on. Um, and uh, we appreciate dealing with the silliness. Um, and um, actually, just some a really really good conversation. We'd love to have you back on uh, down the road sometime as well here. Um, but. But before we let you go, any you know, folks, just remember if you're not following uh, X John, as I always say, what the hell's wrong with you people, <laughs> right? Um, so it's at E-X-J-O-N, correct? No underscore, yep. no, like, special character. We had right. that. Remember when we had that, Don, a couple weeks ago? Somebody had, <laughs> I, we, we had the name, and then all of a sudden it was like, oh, they use a tilde and the symbol for boron. I'm like, what the hell is that? Just just give me exactly what the title is. Um, and then, of course, uh, John's at uh, Ricochet. Uh, definitely take a listen to the Conservatarians podcast, him and uh, at Red Steve's, uh, Stephen Miller. Uh, great, great, great uh, time, John. And uh, we wish you the best. Uh, absolute must follow and um, again hope uh, hope everything's uh, coming up roses for you my friend just don't don't focus just on stoic philosophy from now on on books pick up pick up like a pick up like a comic book if you can right and thanks so much for having me on this was a great time like you said i feel like i've been talking for maybe five minutes oh john we appreciate it buddy have a good night okay you too thanks john bye-bye well that was fun that was fun. That, he's so amazing. I love him. He's a, he's a good guy. So, uh, well, listen, uh, next week, folks, we've got uh, – uh, uh, we know we have Crank, um, and his guest is going to be whom? Do we know? Uh, Do you know Michael Loftus. Yeah, Mike, Michael Loftus. Oh, Michael yes. Loftus, Loftus party guy. No, another um, big one. Another big one, and uh, we will have a co-host on there as well. I think we have a uh, uh, maybe a surprise guest host. We'll see how that I think goes. There's, uh, yeah, there's like some auctioning. There's an auction going to see who's going to be the co-host. Maybe there's going to be like a arm wrestling match. I'm not sure how we're going to decide that yet. It's Adam Schiff. I already know it. Anyway, guys, <laughs> thanks very much. Don, you're the best. And uh, look forward to talking to you all soon. Uh, have a good night, everybody. Bye, guys. It's about trust, service, safety, the things that have always been at the center of everything we do. It's why. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. When I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. 
Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply.